When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, a weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant, join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. In its 26th year, founded Hemp Fest. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. Today's guest on Hemp Present is veteran advocate Amanda Berard, with me in one and a half minutes. We live in a nation with a military-based economy, a nation where military spending is projected to account for 54% of all federal discretionary spending, or for example, a total of $598 billion in 2015. The United States spends more on national defense than all the other major players, China, Saudi Arabia, Russia, United Kingdom, India, France, and Japan combined. Those massive expenditures enrich arms dealers and result in the United States having the most fearsome arsenal that the world has ever known. Now, hearing that, one might presume that America would also be spending the most of any nation on its veterans, especially after the longest sustained conflict of U.S. history. Would that not make sense in lieu of what we spend on the rest of our war machine? Think again. 
The United States government spent just 4% of our nation's total federal budget in 2014, around $154 billion on its veterans. That number includes all spending on services such as veterans' benefits, hospital and medical care, housing, education, training, rehabilitation, and other benefits and services. Because of medical breakthroughs in combat medicine and changes in modern warfare, we're seeing more veterans return from the theater of war with brain and spinal cord injuries, other pain-related injuries, exposure to chemicals of all kinds, and an alarming rate of post-traumatic stress syndrome and other psychiatric disorders. The rate of 22 veterans per day is a national disgrace and a sign that our system is failing our vets, and there are a lot of vets to fail. As of September 2014, there were about 2.7 million American veterans of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars alone, and according to a RAND study, at least 20% of Iraq and Afghanistan veterans have PTSD and or depression, but many experts believe it is underreported. I've stated before on this show that I'm not at all a fan of most of the conflicts America has entered to in my lifetime. But this peacenik believes that our brave men and women in uniform deserve the absolute best treatment and support available after what we ask of them. And that needs to include access to medical cannabis to help offset the smorgasbord of pharmaceutical drugs being meted out to our vets and to help address their needs at treating pain and stress-related disorders. My guest today is working on just that mission. Amanda Berard is an Austin-based anthropologist and a U.S. Army veteran who works as a pediatric nurse in San Antonio, Texas. She's the grant writing officer for Texas Normal. Her master's research was focused on veterans with PTSD and the efficacy of cannabis to manage PTSD symptom clusters, and she's with me today. Welcome, Amanda, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. My pleasure. Let's begin with how you were first introduced to cannabis. Were you culturally exposed to the herb? Were you part of the pot culture before you saw cannabis as medicine? I actually was not part of pot culture before I saw it as medicine. I grew up in California, so I was raised with cannabis as medicine because California had a medical marijuana program for my entire childhood. So, so you kind of knew about medical marijuana, but you didn't have any firsthand experience. I didn't have firsthand experience, but my father is a marijuana card holder and has always been a marijuana card holder for as long as I was aware of it. And so for me, it's, it's odd to see it as anything other than medicine. And it's very odd to live in a state like Texas where there's such strong opposition. Right. Now, you enlisted in the U.S. Army to become a combat medic. While in the Army, you were sexually assaulted, which led you to experience PTSD, leading you to suffer from depression, hypervigilance, or a heightened unnatural awareness of potential threats in the environment around you. How did the Army respond to your condition? Were you offered a smorgasbord of pharmaceutical drugs? I actually uh, did nothing. I, um, I went to the clinic while I was in the Army after a particularly bad incident and uh, mentioned that I was having some suicidal ideation, I was having some difficulty uh, without actually saying what had happened. And I was basically told that I was having trouble adjusting to being in the military and it was normal and to just go on my way. And I, at the time, was 18, 19 years old and I, I took that at face value. And um, I got back to my unit and was told that I had to turn over, everyone had to turn over their medic kits to turn in their needles because somebody in the unit wanted to kill themselves. And I was mortified. Nobody was named, but I, I knew and I just felt like everybody else knew. And so I never said anything about it the rest of my time in the military. And it was almost 10 years before I said anything at the VA. And um, the VA has been pushing pharmaceutical drugs at an alarming rate. I have 
11 different medications to take every single day that the VA gives me on top of um, psychotherapy. Wow. What an ordeal. In, in 2014, there was analysis done that found that American, that among male and female soldiers aged 18 years or older returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, that PTSD rates range anywhere from 9% shortly after returning from deployment to 31% after a year after deployment. These are shocking numbers. Do you think that the actual numbers could be much higher? Oh, a study that was published not that long ago in neurobehavioral science that indicated that rates for PTSD alone were surpassing 50%, but veterans are not uh, speaking to their providers at the VA about these concerns. And because PTSD can present itself in so many different ways and it manifests differently in different individuals, oftentimes it's diagnosed as something else. But the uh, diagnosis clinically has these very rigid um, expectations of of what providers are looking for. And if you don't check off those boxes, they're just going to send you on your merry little way. If you only got two or three of these major indications and not enough of these minor indications, they're going to say that you don't have, you're waking up and screaming with nightmares all night long. And so you're not given that diagnosis or you're not treated properly the way you need to be because you don't fit in this nice, neat little box. And that's part of why we're seeing such high rates a veteran suicide is because it's being mismanaged. And I know that the statistic going around is 22 a day. However, not all of the states are reporting veteran suicides. For example, the state of Texas has 1.7 million veterans and it doesn't report veteran suicide. Additionally, other states that do report veteran suicide don't include accidental overdose, which is a very big uh, way that veterans tend to kill themselves is we have easy access to opioids and so we will overdose on our, our opioids, but if that's labeled an accidental overdose, and then it's not counted as a suicide, neither are motor vehicle accidents that potentially are intentional. And so the statistic is, is really actually closer to the mid-50s or 60s. Oh, my God. It's just that's shocking. Now, it's, the military really… Really, it is devastating. It's just, it's a crisis. Uh, the military is kind of a warrior culture, so there must be a tremendous stigma on even coming forward with something like PTSD. It must be very difficult for, for vets to, to expose themselves. It is. It is. It is for a lot, especially um, I think for the men, because there is there's such a need to present this strong front. Um, and I think that as more and more veterans are coming out and being vocal about it, having this united front of saying, I'm not weak because I have PTSD, I'm strong because I'm confronting and, and treating my, my PTSD, it'll enable more veterans to be able to come forward and seek out that help without um, succumbing to feeling a weakness and recognizing that asking for help doesn't make you weak, it actually it makes you stronger. Amanda, almost 300,000 veterans from Iraq and Afghanistan have been diagnosed with TBI or and it's reported that 7% of both stress disorder and traumatic brain injury. How important is it that these vets receive access to medical marijuana? It's vital that these veterans have access to medical marijuana, particularly because marijuana is a neuroprotectant. So when you have a traumatic brain injury on top of having post-traumatic stress disorder, Medical marijuana can manage your, your PTSD as well as protect your brain as it continues to um, spur new growth. 
Fascinating. And how has the struggle in Texas been going uh, for you? We, um, we've had a, a very difficult uphill battle. Uh, last week, both our decriminalization bill and our medical marijuana bill died. Uh, however, we made massive strides. Our decriminalization bill made it to the House floor, and it just ran out of time before it was able to be voted on. And our medical marijuana bill voted out of the House committee with a 7-2 to two vote, which is fantastic. It went into that health hearing with only three authors, and it came out of the health hearing after hearing all of this testimony, five hours of testimony from veterans and patients and parents and caregivers. We ended up having 77 authors on the bill, and our house has 150 representatives. So if we would have had time for the calendars committee to schedule it for a vote on the House floor, it, we had the votes. We had more than half of the House signed on as authors for the bill. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really important for folks to remember. I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it really is, and especially in a state like Texas where our governor has said he's never going to allow marijuana, legal marijuana in the state, and to have that 77 representatives, but that's half of the districts speaking for, for more than half of Texas saying this is something that we want. It's, it's truly a historic event, and it's, it's a monumental um, movement. It's really taken us from being a grassroots movement to this is now a legitimate campaign issue. So we are going to come back in two years and these representatives, these senators are going to have to directly respond to this as a campaign issue. This isn't something that can continue to be ignored. My guest is Amanda Berard. We're going to take our first pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers come right back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com. This is Bobby Black, host of Blazin, here to talk to you about 420 Science. I've known Matt and Gary from 420 Science for over a decade. We've spent a lot of time together at the Cannabis Cups in Amsterdam, the Doobie Awards in their hometown of Austin. They were even at my wedding. And I've always admired their integrity and how they've built 420 Science from the ground up to become the most trusted online head shop. Visit 420science.com slash podcast for an exclusive deal on pipes and more from genuine people who put their customers first. That's 420science.com slash podcast. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, 
Vivian McPeak. And we're back on 100% with Amanda Berard. Amanda, before the break, we were talking about uh, you know your experience in Texas and the Texas cannabis laws. Am I correct that only people with a medical marijuana card who suffer from uncontrollable epilepsy can use medical marijuana in Texas, and that's only after two conventional medications have been deemed ineffective, and that's only non-smokable oil products that are low in THC, and that sounds terribly inadequate. Uh, that's that's pretty close to correct. Yeah. Um, we have a, a program, it's called the Texas compassionate use program. We, uh, call it teacup for short because it's quite a mouthful and it's not necessarily a medical marijuana card that's offered, but it is a program that enables it's really targeted at children who have intractable epilepsy. And after two conventional methods have failed for them, a doctor can prescribe medical marijuana in the form of a high CBD, low THC, and the THC count is virtually non-existent uh, to help manage their, their epilepsy. Now, the problem with that is most epilepsy, a lot of epilepsy, needs that THC to be managed effectively. And the, the second problem with that is on a federal level, marijuana is still a Schedule One drug, and there there's no protection for a physician to prescribe a Schedule One drug. So that language in that in that bill makes it so very difficult, and um, it, this this program is is very flawed. And there have been no uh, successful attempts with the authors of the bill or with DPS, which is our um, Department of Public Safety, which is a horrible public program to be running a medical program, uh, there, there's been no efforts to mediate those, those problems with this program. It's, it's definitely inadequate and it does not serve the population of Texas. A lot of us reformers feel that some of these legislators pass these CBD laws in a way to kind of to extend prohibition and stave off uh, real reform. You think that's that's possibly the case there? That's kind of a uh, it, half-hearted it feels, attempt. It does. It fe- it does feel that way. Uh, but it also, as I've been, I've spent a lot of time at the state capitol and talking to these legislators, and I really think it comes down to genuine ignorance, and not out of any malice, but just mm-hmm. they genuinely don't understand how this plant works and how these cannabinoids work, and they honestly feel like they have already passed the medical marijuana program. I have been right. told by legislators, well, we already have a medical marijuana program. And that's so very far from the truth. And when you sit down with them and explain how, they, how these work and, and who it's helping and who it's leaving out, uh, they, they become quite surprised. And so I think uh, this was spun in a way to them that it sounded like they were helping all of these people when actuality they're, they're helping a handful of people, and that's wonderful. It's amazing that, that people are getting help. But that, that compassion that they thought they were giving really needs to be extended to the whole of Texas. Amanda, we're told frequently that our men and women in uniform are working and fighting for freedom. Do you see a tragic irony that our returning vets are not free to use a natural plant that in many instances is more effective than these cost-prohibitive, addictive, and potentially deadly chemical drugs, uh, these pharmaceutical drugs? Absolutely. I think that, I think that it's tragic. Uh, veterans are dying from these uh, drugs that the VA or other physicians are giving to them under the name of health 
And then our justice system is punishing them quite literally for a natural substance that is making them better. So not only are we being told, no, you cannot have this, but if we find out that you have this, we are going to fine you unsurmountable amounts of money, depending on how much you have and in what form you have this. And quite potentially, we're going to put you in jail for this where you will have no access to any medication whatsoever. And we can go ahead and allow your disorders and your conditions to worsen. It's, it's the absolute worst catch 22 we could put veterans in on, on any sort of plane. And a lot of patients, of course, are required to sign treatment contracts promising that they will not use any medical marijuana or they will have, or they'll be dropped. They'll have all their medications taken away from them. Have you experienced that? I, I fortunately have not had to go through that, but I do know a number of people who have. And I think I can't even imagine what they are going through knowing that they are being drug tested on bi-monthly, monthly, bi-weekly basis to make sure that they're adhering to these, these ridiculous contracts. I, I can't, it's appalling, I can't even fathom you know? what that's like. It, it I mean, really to, is. It's, to, to, to know you could just go buy some pot and get some relief, but you can't do that or they're going to punish you. It's crazy. Well, exactly, exactly. And I mean, what happened to the full faith and credit clause even when we have 28 states and the District of Columbia who have medical programs, you could cross the border into almost any of the neighboring states here in Texas and find a medical program and be completely fine. But as soon as you come back into Texas, you are breaking the law. That is just asinine. Texas Governor Greg Abbott opposes medical marijuana. What would you say to him if you could? <laughs> I, I would first... I would. You first can say whatever on this to... show. You can swear if you want. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you tempt me. Oh, first, I would ask him to read that stack of nearly 2,700 letters veterans have written to him that was hand-delivered by David Bass to his office. I would ask him to read those letters and hear what the veterans have to say. Then I would ask him to recognize what the constituents in Texas have been asking him for. And I would remind him that while he is the governor and he gets to live in the governor's mansion, he is an employee of the state. He is an employee of the citizens of Texas. I have read that you said that camaraderie is a military virtue that military culture is based upon and that female soldiers and veterans are often excluded and that there's a gender disparity that contributes to interpersonal violence, physical, sexual, mental, uh, that doesn't end when soldiers take off their uniforms. What did you mean by that? Uh, <laughs> I meant a lot of things by that. Um, actually, I think that was a very public post I made on social media, uh, following a conference that I was intending to take part of with a group of other female veterans. And we were told that we were not to be on the main stage with the male veterans. We were actually being put in an ancillary room off to the side, and we were being given less time to speak than the male veterans. Um, I was speaking with another sexual assault victim from the military, as well as another um, female veteran. And we were told under no uncertain terms that that was because the male veterans were going to get more attention and that it's always that way and we shouldn't embarrass ourselves. And 
I was quite upset by this. Uh, the three of us decided not to take part in the panel because of it. Um, and our point was that we have been fighting so very hard in this movement. The three of us are very involved. And the idea that just because we were women meant that we weren't going to have interest, nobody was going to have interest in the things that we were saying was, was very offensive. Um, and I, I just, I couldn't believe say that to us, especially with the things that, that we had gone through already and that we were fighting against. And then I started to take stock of the things that, that happened in the military to, to all of us. And we all served in different branches of the military. Um, I was in the army, another one was in the Navy, another one was a Marine. And it didn't, it didn't stop. The stories are, are all very similar. We all served at different times. And so there was no, um, there was no breakdown of, of anything's changing. And when you come in as a female, the things we were experiencing were, we had so much more to prove because this is a man's army. This is a men's military. And what are you doing in here? And how are you, how are you going to prove yourself? And so we had all of these things to stand up against. And personally, the things that I had to stand up against were, you know, you're, you're here, you're pretty shut up and do your job and very objectified and quite literally treated like an object. And then to turn around and be a part of this movement and to fight so very hard and to travel all over and speak and, and to really do all of it on my own time. And then to be told this, it was just, it just really set, sets everything back. And that must, was, that must really help with the PTSD, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was fantastic. It was, it was just so very great. And this was, it was a female telling us this at that. So it was even, it was even worse. So I made this, this, this post trying to spin it in a positive way saying, uh, I think I ended it with, with saying, you know, like we need to present with a, uni a united front because our voices are stronger together fighting for the same thing. We all want the same thing and we need to work together for this. And I, I really did mean that. We've all suffered our own, our own wounds, our own scars, and we all carry them differently. But at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. Here in Texas, we are all fighting for legal access to that's what we want. And all of our, our, our Bouncing out loud, and we're fighting tooth and nail for it. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when you served, where you served. It doesn't matter if you are male, female, transgender. It doesn't matter who you love. What matters is, did you show up today? Are you fighting? Are your boots on the ground? Fantastic. Let's do it. Get a second break here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. Come back for our final segment. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? 
At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical balms, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. We're back on Cannabis Radio with our last questions for Amanda Berard. Amanda, Politico is reporting that the Trump administration is considering broad cuts to veteran services. How does that make you feel? I, I'm very angry with the, uh, the Trump administration. I think Iran coding how, how much he supported veterans and how much he loved the veterans and who's going to do all these things. And I think that really garnished him a lot of support from veterans and from active duty military and to turn around and slash veteran services and benefits is, is really quite disgusting and petition he said he wasn't going to be. Is there a general, have you had any back from your veteran friends uh, on, on how they feel so far about what's been going on with the Trump any feel for that? Um, so I, I have friends across the political spectrum. And so I, I tend to be rather sensitive to where people lie on that spectrum. Uh, quite personally, I am not a Trump fan. I did not, I do not support him. And I don't have any problem admitting that whatsoever. Um, but I tend to be a little bit more sensitive around people. I, um, I made the mistake uh, to assume that people within the movement that I was working with also felt that way. And that is not, that is not the case. There are some Trump fans. Um, mostly now I feel like they are regretting that. There are a few who are very loud and proud and they're like, well, he's just getting his feet wet and he's a businessman, you know. So there are out there just making excuses for him or you know, justifying, I suppose, is the more politically correct way to say that, justifying his decisions. Um, but I know a lot of people who are who are very angry. And most recently, I think, um, for me personally, the issue with the uh, health care that he's rolling out or attempting to roll out with making um, pre-existing conditions a disqualifier when you're talking to veterans are disqualifying all of us. And that is, that is just the most disgusting thing I can absolutely imagine when you're talking about rape. This is a pre-existing condition and one in five women are going to experience an or full rape before they turn 20. That that is 20% of the female population has a pre-existing condition just based on that one statistic. And 50% or more of veterans have PTSD. That's 50% of veterans on that one condition that's pre-existing and no longer qualify for health care. hope the effort has some impact on our 
about the next four years. Amanda, thank you so much for your service, for your advocacy, all of your critical, crucial, important work, and thank you so much for being on Hemp Present. Thank you so much for having me. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hemp Present on CannabisReader.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. The supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting, and that is Sun Tzu from The Art of War. That concludes this installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and kitchen with some special hempo sapien on a journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent@gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stuart Bush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Marijuana. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.